0: Your favorite cartoon
1: characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the photo. Talk about it with your family.
0: Everyone. welcome to special presentation with mike and ethan or elf will not be seen tonight oh you, you just saw us you were just listening to us finally together again and now we're finally together again again in the normal way because it's been about a month since we got to uh,
1: record last Ugh. yeah but uh in, in the meantime you got to hear all those old-timey uh, episodes yeah, that we did.
0: We, were you? Did it fill you with nostalgia to listen to them again?
1: It was very weird seeing the video and like, oh, look how young we were. Yeah, we were like,
0: look how just, young we were just four years ago. Jesus. Yeah.
1: <laughs> before the uh, way the world was. Uh, yeah, before, before the war. Before all the yeah. things we lost in the fire. Yeah, be- before like the bad time. Well, actually, I guess four years. ago. It was ago. already Wasn't the it bad time. It's still the bad. It was just starting. It was the bad times we were just starting. Or or should we say the, the 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 latest bad times. Bad times are always bad. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Keep, I mean well, they keep they keep having to add
0: panels onto that comic with someone being like, I'm glad that year's over and then the next year taps them on the shoulder and it's even worse. And the next year yeah. taps that year on the shoulder and it's even worse. You know, now we are getting to the point where the next year looks like, I don't know, fucking Galactus or Unicron or something.
1: <laughs> well, at the moment we're still alive. We're still yes. here still still kicking. So that is mm-hmm. that is good. Good for us. Great yes. for us. That's an achievement. You're still alive and around. That's an achievement for you all too. So good. <laughs> anyway, what are we what are we talking about this week? We we've got um we've got a, a real banger for you. Yeah, um, actually
0: this was this is inter- exciting to get into this world. We have, you know, We've talked about how how we sort of orbit the world of newspaper comics, and this is an interesting evolution of how newspaper comics could have gone in our country if anyone had ever actually taken them seriously. We're looking at another uh, French bande dessinée today, one of the most famous of all time. Oh no, I'm sorry, it's not French, it's Belgian, right? Uh, yeah, Belgiumation. The, Belgiumation, the, the... yeah, the bel- that Belgiumé
1: you kids are all into. Or is it? french actually because it's sure it's it's sure francophilic you know
0: (laughs) well this is uh well no matter which one we say i'm sure the belgians claim it as their own and the french claim it as their own and no matter which one we say someone is going to go
1: of all the unmitigated gall well actually i just looked it up because uh we have a magic box here that can give us the answers and I suppose if people are turning tuning into a podcast about comics, they're like well, I'd really like to learn about comics. It's like oh yeah, too bad for you guys. Uh, too bad for listeners. It's like what did you expect? Is it to do research and to learn stuff and to tell you about it? No. <laughs> but yeah, we are doing that. And actually, it turns out it is French. It is okay. a comic made by two French dudes. Uh, Rene Goskinny and Albert Oud. Uderzo. Now, now if anyone, if anyone,
0: those are definitely not names that Mike just
1: made up. (laughs) Yeah, no, those, those are definitely real names and real heads will of course, immediately know what we're talking about because those two dudes are extremely famous because this is probably one of the most popular and beloved comics in the entire world. Now I have, I've, I've spent some time in my youth traveling around this big blue Marvel, we call Earth. And I, let me tell you, I've lived on four continents, and this comic is the, the shit on three of them. And we are talking about... If you haven't guessed by now, we're talking about Asterix, or Asterix. The Adventures of Asterix. Asterix, yes. as they call... Or Asterix Legals in, uh, in his yes. native French. Um, now, uh, Ethan, be- before we go any further, uh, before you watch this... This was the first time you've ever seen this movie, right? That's correct. Okay, so what did you know about Asterix before this? Or what? Uh, are you, what, what is your knowledge of Asterix?
0: I guess it was relatively extensive compared to most Americans because the first 15 minutes were establishing things that I was like, well, we know all this already, right? But I guess most people don't know it already. Aster- That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Asterix, you know, Aster- the Asterix comic is... I, I hesitate to admit that this is probably my
1: least favorite genre, historical fiction. Hmm. Um, well, that's fair. Um, this is also a very unusual genre for a, a comic, I feel. Yeah. Um, you don't see a lot like this. You don't see, like, you know, the
0: root toot tootin' adventures of uh, Thomas Jefferson.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say... Um, I mean, I guess it's, it's not unheard of, obviously. There's a lot of comic... Uh, you know, com should say like more serious comics uh, set in historical times. and But a comic like th- that's that's just kind of a broad comedy in almost like like asterisks. You don't see a lot historical. I guess like Lucky Luke would count too. The, the, Yeah, that's a Western. They, they don't. Yeah. You would think that there would be more
0: uh, anachronism going on to this comic. But it's it's really comedy. It's almost like comedy written by Gauls for Gauls
1: yeah yeah i know having read some of the asterix comics uh they do occasionally do not quite anachronisms but they do like old-timey versions of modern stuff if you know what yeah. i mean like if there's like a, a a clock tower it'll have like a sundial on it instead of you know a, a modern clock or something right uh, so right. you know stuff like that where it's like oh i i get it i see what you're doing um and it's not that i don't believe they 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 could have Obviously, they could have done that if they had wanted to in, in ancient times, but they, they didn't. But anyway, um, uh, so Asterix for the for the kids at home who've never heard of Asterix, he is a Gaul. He's a Gaulish warrior exists living around two thousand years ago. Yes, at the height of the Roman Empire. I think they said so, ten thousand years ago. Oh, ten thousand? That's a lot uh, of years. Yeah, that's that's um, way longer ago than the Roman Empire. So. Well, yeah, that doesn't wait. No, no, that can't be right because Julius Caesar is is in charge at this okay. point. Um, oh,
0: maybe they said maybe they said ten
1: two thousand. Uh, I wasn't paying that Ju- Ju- much yeah. attention. Numbers, the, man. Uh, what are what are even our numbers? Oh man, let me tell you. No, but so G- Asterix, he's he's a Gaul. He lives in a Gaulish village. Uh, this is um, you know pre. What would you call this time period? It's not—it's ancient times, I guess. Uh, I'd say it's the Iron Age. Iron Age. Okay, so it—it it is the Iron Age. Uh, you know, Julius Caesar's in charge in Rome, and the Romans are conquering the whole known world, but they can't conquer this one village in Gaul because the, they have a magic potion that makes them super strong, and they can beat up the Romans whenever they come up, and that is basically. The enti- that is the basis of the entire asterix, uh, yeah. They library, have this, yeah. They have this
0: magic potion that uh, gives them powers, and I confessed I thought it made them bounce, but no, that's that's gummy bears. That's Disney's. Gummy oh bears. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that occasion. I think in some asterix adventures, because th- they have a numerous magic potions. I'm sure they have one that makes them bounce. But actually, yeah, uh, we see
0: two magic potions in this movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember because I've read a few Asterix comics in my youth, and they've they've always very frequently you see the same plot where the Ro- the Romans want the magic potion, so they give them a they slip them a Mickey, and they have some other potion that like uh you know makes them shrink or um you know uh or turn blue or something you know just yeah. they have random <laughs> things happen um turn, turn purple and g- hop around going gnat, gnat. yeah. Actually, which which does bring me to another interesting thing about the Asterix comics that I've always thought were interesting compared to uh, American comics, which are which might be set in this a world similar. This, this is a fairly normal world. I mean, this is like our world, except for the magic potion bit. Uh, that is, I think, the only conceit to fantasy. Everything else is pretty much like real, uh, mundane, Earth. Yeah, you You don't see,
0: you don't see elves, there's like one, they don't even call him a wizard, they call him a druid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, he has, there's one magic potion, which, you know, it might as well be, I don't know, a super vitamin or something, it could, it could just be a a speculative, uh, you know, biological reaction, but they call it magic, and... uh, and other than that, no, there's there's no gods and goddesses, no elves, no monsters, which really disappointed me because I want to see French monsters.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh you want to see le, le, le loop guru and Monsieur Crocomandatine? And yeah. um I wanna uh, see w
0: I, I wanna see Asterix face off against uh against Pantagruel and Gargantua. <laughs> um Yeah, and don't that forget is... P- Don't forget
1: Gargantua's wife, Gargamel. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. That's where the nun comes from. Oh, I did not know that. I, I, huh. That's, that's very interesting. Um, well, yeah, this, this is not the world of the Smurfs. Uh, Asterix is, is, is completely or, or almost completely, uh, reality based. Obviously, it's, it's fiction and they have some wacky things happen, but, uh, Generally, can tell it's, it's
0: French because everyone still has big kidney bean shaped noses, just like in the oh, smokes.
1: yeah, they they do. They, the, the artist of Asterix, um, Mr. Uh, uh, Udo Uderzo, uh, Mr. Uderzo, yes, he just loves. He is, uh, he is, you know, I got you gotta give the man credit because I've seen some artists, a lot of cartoonists who are like, can draw one nose or two noses, maybe this guy is just it, he is a maestro of noses he just has so many variations
0: he um, uses distinctive noses to make otherwise undistinctive characters memorable
1: and that's yeah. you know that's called cartooning i mean it, you know if you read the Asterix comics the, the art in them is like really top-notch i mean yeah. it is really well done um he's great with expressions and and action lines and all that good stuff that you would need in visual storytelling and anyone who's um, a big
0: fan of the if you're a big fan of the uncle scrooge comics check out asterix it's really kind of the same flavor
1: yeah yeah um it very these are the quintessential euro comics Mm -hmm. um now we do actually in asterix like we said it's pretty uh it's it's takes place in our world in a historical time period. And there are, um, you know, all the characters belong to uh, actual groups that existed, you know, Romans, Gauls. We have uh, uh, Visigoths appear in some issues and, uh, you know, Franks and all the different tribes. Uh, that we have some historical figures appear, you know, Julius Caesar, mm-hmm. obviously. Cleopatra is a recurring character as well. Um, I think there are a couple other actual personages who make appearances throughout the series. Um, But it it is very different than like what you would expect from an American comic that kind of plumbed the same territory. Uh, Because I feel like you would, yeah, just get like dwarves and elves and stuff Mm -hmm. and that.
0: Um, Well, the reason for that is because uh, we don't learn shit about the history
1: of Europe in this country. (laughs) No, no. Um, so this is, but yeah, I mean, I, I just always feel like it's it, an, an American thing would, would treat it like that island in a uh, real shiny new year where it's <laughs> like, Oh, um, medieval that that's when like, they were like dragons and stuff. Like for real. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway. Uh, so what else? So what do we know about, um, uh, so the characters of Asterix, Let's, let's yeah, then, go through them quickly. OK, obviously, huh.
0: our main character is Asadix himself, who is a uh, pint sized superhero who wears a winged helmet and uh, is, you know, he doesn't actually have that much personality, but he seems to have a little bit of trickster to him. We, we get uh, we have the druid telling him to use his smarts and lack in lieu of his strength when he doesn't have the superpowers
1: yeah so uh growing up i like i said i read a lot of asterix and i've watched a lot of the asterix movies um and that's kind of his defining trait is that he's the smart one um i've always kind of disliked asterix because i feel like he's kind of an asshole yeah (laughs) Um, he's
0: he's kind of got that uh screwy squirrelness to him
1: he's 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 like a trickster but he's very smug about it in a way that kind of uh grates on me uh, he's hmm. not like, I don't know, like I've seen there are other trickster cartoon figures like Bugs Bunny, where I'm like, whenever he's doing his thing, I'm like, yeah, Bugs, fuck him up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With Asterix, I'm like, God, you know, I mean, you're you're technically in the right because the Romans are always the aggressors, but you don't have to be so smarmy about it, Asterix. You're really not a good look. It's not a good look. Not to mention um, the fact
0: that he can beat up a whole platoon of them single handedly. You know, yeah, that's the thing. Is Asterix know, there is, gets to be a point where it's punching down.
1: Yeah. That's the thing about Asterix, is like he's constantly and he does it in this movie, which we, we I don't think he even said the name of it. The movie we're gonna be talking about when we're done is called Asterix the Gaul. But well, Asterix Legal. Oh yeah, that's right. And it's native for Asterix Legal. Um This is like as
0: good a time as to mentioned that I took three years of French in high school and yeah. everyone always asks me, but you live in California, why didn't you take Spanish? <laughs> the answer is Why didn't be, you take Spanish? Uh for one thing, it's this is the kind of thing that you shouldn't ask a fourteen-year-old to commit to. And for oh, another, fair. I didn't think I'd still be living in California by now. <laughs> you thought you'd be on the Riviera. Uh, I was. I was kind of had hopes of uh, moving to England and joining the Jim Henson Creature Shop. Oh, I didn't know they were over there. Uh, yeah, that's where it is. So, uh, but uh, obviously, I'm here. So, you know, we a lot of us uh, don't get what we want in life. But yeah, I do but I do yeah. speak a little bit of French still.
1: So, there you go. So he can be like, well, that took 3 years of high school French. Now I'm heading on a plane to France, going to chat with all the lovely mademoiselles. <laughs> this <when> one <laughs> uh that's a song by the Four Postmen on Doctor okay. Mento in 1995. <laughs> that's for the real heads. I don't know, I it's it's one of those songs that I'm apparently the only person in the world that still remembers cuz uh, why not? Anyway, aster- a- why wait? asterix oh yeah so asterix yeah we were saying he's <laughs> punching down uh because asterix and he does this at all the asterix things he's always like oh man i really want to go beat up some romans i just love beating up romans romans to me is are good to beat up i love causing <laughs> violence against romans like he does that all the time he does it for fun and it's like well obviously that's kind of his bit but you know, when I, I was a little kid, and I was like, "No, oh, Asterix, yeah, I don't, I don't like you. You are mean. You are a meanie." <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, uh, we Romans, also know- what did they ever do to you? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they, 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 uh, they brought the aqueduct, <laughs> um, and the anyways, Oh, there you go. So, but uh, Asterix, like I remember as a kid because, like, I read the comics, and also here is here is the other thing: if you go to Europe. Right. Um, go into any restaurant in Europe and look at the children's menu. And I guarantee you there will be some dish there. For, you know, it'll be listed under for petite appetites or petite appetites, as we say in America. And there'll be a dish called the asterisks. Is it going to be roast boar? Uh, it's whatever. I mean, it, it varies. It'll probably be like a uh, schnitzel, maybe pork <laughs> schnitzel to be thematic, yeah. but there's always like, they always have a list of like, you know, child children's dishes are always named after popular characters over there. And it's always be like the Asterix, the Uncle Dagobert, the Strivelpater, you know? And, um, <laughs> and, but uh, I'm saying is they always have something named after Asterix and it's always just like. I mean, it's it, it's usually not even anything that's like particularly asterix related. You don't get an asterisk toy or anything. They just nah. name it that because our like, kids love asterix, and I guess copyright enforcement is a little spottier over there. <laughs> they know what's up. Yeah. Anyway, so asterix, he's our main guy. Oh, another funny thing about asterix, I'll just mention before we move on. When <laughs> I was a, a child and reading asterix in in Europe. Um, I remember at one point I was taking dictation in school in my grammar class because mm. I went to a British school where they have a specific thing called grammar. They, oh. they have three different English classes. They have grammar, comprehension, and composition. Very weird. Um, huh. But grammar was mostly the teacher dictating stuff and you would write it down, but she would also dictate punctuation. So at one point she said asterisk and I was like, okay and i just wasn't i guess i'm supposed to draw a little picture of asterisks here it was like (laughs) that was very strange you didn't know the word asterisk
0: yes
1: (laughs) i did not this was the same class where i thought when they said full stop i was supposed to write the words full stop (laughs) i didn't realize that was what they called a period period yes that's
0: the 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 britishism for a period is full stop now we use the word full stop in place of period but only when we're like you know, being, being really emphatic about something. You're not going to that dance. Full stop. Yeah.
1: So I was very confused when I went to British school. <laughs> yeah. um, Did you meet any hips? Oh, uh, f- <laughs> deep cut for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you what British school is like. You have to wear, like you wear the, the uniform with a little tie. You, uh, you all wear like wigs, like judges wigs. And um, also, there's like a, a a hat that you wear that tells you which house you go into. Um, that that's not really true. It <laughs> <Yeah>. was. <laughs> it's not, and, the, and
0: they don't explain what that means. So you're just like, what? I, I get a new house for just for yeah. going here?
1: Great. I, uh, I your house, house is seven hundred four Hauser. Ah! <laughs> yeah no when i was in british school they made me they made me, said like all right you're in yellow house they divided us up according to sportability have i told this story before i don't think you did sportability yeah like like okay so when i was in a british school and it the british, i keep saying when i was in a british school like everyone's gonna be like <laughs> what i spent a, i spent two years in ghana where where i went to a, a british school there which oh, was called okay. G Ga- no, Ghana International School. So I guess it was international, but it was run by some Brits, according to British uh, rules of Parliament or something. I guess <laughs> I was very young; I don't remember. But the point, anyway. I wonder. Yeah. So, so GIS. Uh, yeah. If anyone from GIS, any alumni are listening, but um, but uh, they split us up into houses depending on how good you were at sports at gym class. So they put all the kids who were like really good at sports in blue house, then the ones the second the ones who were a little not so good it's a green, and then red, and then the kids who were really shit at, at everything, it's a yellow house, right? And so I was in yellow house. Um, and and they were like, "Okay, now the houses are going to play against each other and have weekly competitions and in, in see who's going to win at soccer." And so you know. so this a This may surprise you what happened. It turned out the Blue House was champions every single week. Um, Green and Red occasionally swapped places, but Yellow House was always dead last. So we were always, so every week at assembly, they would announce like our failure, Um, which was like, I mean, I guess I feel like now, because as an American, I was like, what the fuck? This makes no sense. But looking at the British mindset, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. That, that seems very British, you know, <laughs> they, it's like, there's no hereditary class system here. So we have to invent one.
0: <laughs> yeah, this, anyway. this really backs up my, my longtime theory that uh, they were just being very quiet about Hufflepuff
1: secretly being for the fat kids i mean it's kind of it's kind of pretty strongly implied you know i mean also it's jk rowling so and if there's one thing we know about jk rowling it's that she really hates fat people oh my god (laughs) and i mean it's true if you when you read harry potter it's like wow this woman like hates fat people with a vengeance she hates them almost as much as she hates trans people
0: even, yeah, even Roald Dahl be like, whoa, slow down there, Joanna.
1: Jeez. Yeah, like, Roald Dahl at least gave you, you know, well, he gave you a, a Bruce Bogtrotter to, like, root for. Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> you Bruce Bogtrotter,
0: who's like, like the opposite end of the spectrum from Augustus Gloop.
1: Yeah, whereas uh, J.K. Rowling, I'm like, I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I don't think, are there any positive fat characters in Harry Potter? Oh, um, f-
0: I suppose there's Neville, but uh, we forget that he's fat because his actor grew up to be such a hunk.
1: Yeah, it's true. Is he? Yeah, I guess he is kind of fat in the book, right? I think yeah. I feel like he's mentioned as being kind of, you know, uh, kind of thick, but you know, other than, I mean, but even that compared to like everything else, it's which one? You is, know. Which
0: one is the fat one of the bad guys? Is it crab or Goyle?
1: I think they both are. Oh, really? Because. Mm. Because, you know, they're because J.K. Rowling is also one of those people who's like, hmm, who if if it's like if you if you're evil and stupid, you got to be fat, you know, that's kind of no. her thing.
0: I mean, you could at least have one of them be a little sawed off pissant. So you have the whole great idea,
1: boss. Yeah, Great idea, boss. <laughs> I mean, that's what they should do. You know, that's that's the proper way to do it. You create a, a ganglet, you know, where you have the different things. But no, I think they were pretty much interchangeable, weren't they? And then yeah, one of them I mean, dies.
0: Do, do they? <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah. never. I didn't read them after the fourth one. I was like, okay, enough of this.
1: I, I, yeah, like in the last book, they there's like the, 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 the what's his name, uh, the, the bad guy, the bad Draco, kid. Or... Thank you, Draco. Yeah. He's got his two guys, and he's like, "Harry Potter, I'm gonna murder you with my fire." But then he's like, "Oh, I I can't do it because I'm a weenie." And Crab is like, "I'm taking over here. Fuck you! I'm in <laughs> charge now." And he blows up the room and and gets killed. And um, it's kind of, he said he's kind of never mentioned again. It's <laughs> kind of weird. But I mean, it's also, I mean, I think it was Crab, maybe it was Goyle. Who knows? One of them gets killed. I remember that for sure. And it's kind of just a thing that happens, but it's also JK Rowling. So like a lot of things happen in those books that just kind of don't they just kind of were like, oh, yeah, also there's a slave class. Hermione's going to free them, but then she loses interest, so I guess we're not going to deal with that. You know, a lot of shit like that <laughs> happening. They're not very good books now that I think about it. They're not. They're not.
0: I, I, thank you. I thought I was crazy. I was like, really? People are into this? this? Yeah. It like, was like Arrested <laughs> Development.
1: Her? <laughs> so you know what I think it is? Because I've, I've mentioned this before about J.K. Row- Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Right. Um, Who's so, kind of your bread and butter in a lot of ways. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I love when she's trending on Twitter because I'm like, oh, God, did she do something? Can Is this Grist for the Mill? And uh, last three days, it's just been like people getting mad because the New York Times had an ad that like mentioned her or something. But they're like, yeah. we're so mad about this. Okay. It's imagine, like, you know,
0: <laughs> imagine Harry Potter without J.K. Rowling. You, you can't do that. You cannot do that. I'm like Yes, I can. Potter Puppet Pals. It's great. It's, oh, it's yeah. what it should be.
1: <laughs> it is. You know, it's um it's it's funny that Yeah, I mean it, it is kind of like, okay, everyone, they're all mad about that. Imagine Parrot Potter without J.K. Rowling, and it's like, you do realize the book's what 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 is it, 20 years old now? Uh
0: yeah, maybe, the
1: original book is like twenty-five years old. Maybe read a new book. You know? Yeah. There's I could recommend some. There's maybe some good books book. now. Huh? What's Maybe read an older book. Well, the ones
0: that she ripped off.
1: Yeah. Hey, why don't you pick up some Diane Duane so you want to be a wizard? Now, there's a good wizard book.
0: Pick up some Diana wynne Jones, Crestomancy. That's some fantastic wizard school shit.
1: Yeah, there you go. See, I don't know. These kids, these, well, I don't know. I'm not the kid. The kids don't read Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm like, acting like, oh, Children's Day's got no taste. No, they all, they've moved on. They're all. Reading, I don't know, Roblox adaptations. <laughs> it's people our age who are like can't who are reading Harry Potter. It's like ah oh, yeah, forty year old people who are like mm, I love my 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 I'm a I'm a Hufflepuff. It's like uh get over it. Um,
0: Unicorn blood, yuck.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I will say about uh, the thing about J.K. Rowling. One thing I will give her credit for is like the books aren't good, right? They're they're not like well written or anything. No. And, but they sold and very well. They sold very well. I mean, and I will say one thing about her writing that she does well is she is a fairly, she understands like when you're writing a book, you need to uh, reveal information sometimes and other times conceal it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you she understands.
0: She really, she knows when not to info dump.
1: Yes, exactly. That's her one thing. So she she's able to string you along because it makes it a page turner. So, you know, it's basically the same thing that there are, other, there are other people that I can think of who are very good at that. Like Stephen King, for example, is also a very natural storyteller. He's also a good writer, though, which is an <laughs> advantage he has. But, you know, that's the one thing J.K. Rowling can do, which is, makes it funny that in her actual personal life, all she can do is info dump. <laughs> it's like she, she doesn't really. Maybe you should sometimes not say things, yeah. you know? Maybe you should shut up. You know. Anyway, but the but we were not. Why we were talking about Asterix.
0: Yeah, we we really got off of Asterix. Sorry, folks. I mean, some of you might not have ex- been expecting us to go on a twenty-minute rant about Harry Potter, but you know we had yeah, some shit fuck, to get off our chest.
1: Fucking Harry Potter. Well, let me tell you, what's way better than Harry Potter? At the Asterix stories. Well, they're pretty slight. They're all pretty slight because they're basically the same story over and over. That's yeah, not amusing. Very heavy. They, I noticed yeah they got their charm so anyway we got asterix we mentioned him and then we got some other characters yeah we've got our protagonist
0: is obelix yes who is surprisingly a lot he's not in this much actually asterix isn't in this as much as i expected him to be
1: no no obelix is pretty much uh, superfluous in this one um and obelix is he's a big fat guy he is uh you, if you've seen him before you know him he wears kind of blue and white striped pants you know yes he looks, yes, that, he
0: looks like he looks like the uh he looks exactly like the Yoshi's Island boss that you have to knock his pants off with a uh, with eggs
1: <laughs> yeah and he's got if like, you know um, you know he's got like a little he's got a little horned helmet he doesn't have wings on his he's, helmet he's an egg-shaped
0: and, man who carries egg-shaped rocks for a living.
1: Yes, that's that's his that's his thing. Obelix is egg is pretty much his thing. Um, so now he's a big he's a big strong guy. He's he's Asterix's pal. They hang out together. He's actually I think he is uh, said to be a menhir uh, uh, delivery man.
0: Yeah, he carries he carries monoliths that they build with. So he's in he's right. in construction. He's not right. part of the. Uh, you know, he's not part of the defense corps that Asterix is. Actually, I'm not sure what Asterix's actual job is. We see him doing manual labor in this movie too.
1: Yeah, I guess he's a he's a, he's a man about town. He does odd jobs. Yes. Um, the uh, yeah Oblux, um You know, we don't actually see the the uh, Asterix Gauls. Uh, involved with a lot of um, megaliths in the series, Mm-mm. it doesn't come up much. But Obelix is always carrying them around. That he's always got some gigantic rock. He likes throwing them at people a lot. So that'll that's like a running gag in many of the Asterix stories. Um, but yeah, so he's his his personality is that he's he's big, he's strong, and he he is there for Asterix to have someone to talk to. I yeah, mean, if
0: you if you think of Asterix and Obelix as being like, uh, like sneaky Donald duck and strong goofy, you're not too far off.
1: Yeah. It is interesting. Cause I feel like um, looking at uh, Obelix he's, and I've, I've, and you don't really get a sense of him in this one, but one thing I will say is having read a lot of Asterix stories and seen all, all the Asterix movies, he is again, uh, not what an American would do with this because I feel like an American would just be like, Oh, He's, he's a big fat guy he's dumb he's a dummy he's dumb and obelisk is actually a little
0: bit of that but not that much
1: no he is he's definitely he's not the brains of the operation like he's a little bit naive and that does come up a lot in the series that he's you know he's the he's he's the muscle rather than the brains but he's not like you know he is not the DURBOSS boss yeah. sort of thing you'd expect. Like mostly, what he does in his in mo- when he does appear, he often um, he misreads situations uh, because he is um, he's a very direct thinker. Mm. You know, he he uh, he doesn't see the subtleties that Asterix would see. Uh, but that's kind of uh, but we don't get much of that in this movie In some of the other Asterix films that comes up a little more. Um, so, but who else do we have? Um, we also have. The Druid.
0: Yeah, the Druid uh, who has a different name in this movie than he does in a lot of the uh, English translations.
1: Yeah, because he's usually in English called Get-A-Fix, isn't he?
0: Get-A-Fix, yes. But yeah. in this movie, he was called uh, Panoramics.
1: And I'm used to him in German where he's called Miraculix. Huh. But, uh, but yeah, the, the running gag is every Gal has a, a name that ends in X, which I guess is a Gallic suffix, I
0: suppose. <laughs> it's like a joke on the suffix itself
1: oh, there you go uh, now i don't know a lot about gaulish naming conventions so uh you know these jokes are a little bit lost on me but this is also a thing throughout asterix generally whatever uh characters who belong to different um i guess tribes generally yeah. have suffixes like all the romans have us as a suffix yes um In other other, um, uh, episodes of Asterix, you'll meet the the Goths who all have ick as a suffix Mm. and the uh, Egyptians who all have names that start with T because then they can spell it PT with a PT because the P Ah, is silent. Ah,
0: okay, like Ptolemy,
1: all right. Yeah, exactly. So you see a lot of Egyptians with names like Tennis Court, you know? (laughs) Uh, But anyway... uh, so, uh, but the druid, uh, Pan, pa, Para, what was his name? Panoramics. I don't know Panoramics. what that has
0: to do with anything. Get a fix is kind of a, uh, kind of a dodgy drug jo- joke. So I'm, I understand why they didn't do it in this one. But
1: oh, I didn't realize that was a drug joke. Actually, mm-hmm. that makes sense though. I always thought they were just saying, "Come on, man, get a fix on stuff," you know. <laughs> um, get you, get but, your kicks. Yeah um so he is uh he's he's a druid he's got a long white beard he's got a golden sickle uh he is the one that makes the magic potion that they use to get strong and yeah i mean that's his thing i guess you know Um, everyone
0: takes the potion which makes me kind of wonder why asterix is the main
1: character because he's the smart one i guess i guess so i mean yeah um it is definitely like uh yeah that is something that's interesting again uh, the, the, um, even though Asterix is kind of the guy in charge, these stories feel a lot more communal than yes. American stories. Cause you it's know, there's really always the, a big,
0: not really the hero. There's always a lot of people taking part in it.
1: And yeah.
0: The, a couple of times during this movie, it really shifted focus to somebody far from, from Asterix's purview.
1: Yeah. There's, um, yeah, I feel like the, very often the village itself plays a bigger role, and, yeah. um, every asterisk story does end with them having a big feast at the village. So, yes. um, always with roast boar, roast boar yes. is to
0: asterisk, asterix what pizza is to the Ninja Turtles. Yes. And it's, or, and it's always like, you know, a whole pig just without its heads turning on a spit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can see the, I can see the appeal in that. It sounds pretty good actually. Yeah. Um, it's like that Japanese mammoth meat.
0: That's like a big marshmallow of meat on a bone
1: damn yeah that's right there you go that's, that's the way to be um but uh and, and uh they it's, wait and so who else oh we do we also see the chief um what's his name in this one he's ton of bricks ton of bricks yes
0: what's his name in uh, german
1: um majestics
0: ah that's that makes more sense
1: i think I think think in usually a ton of
0: bricks because uh, you actually
1: see him being carried
0: everywhere he goes. He's not that he's not that fat a guy, but
1: uh, no, no. I feel like usually in English translations he's called Vital Statistics. Oh, okay, that that
0: doesn't make much sense. I've heard Vital Statistics before. I didn't realize it was the chief.
1: It it ends with an X, so I guess they were like, "Yeah, why not?" Um, uh, Let's see. Then we've got uh, the bard, the village bard, who. uh, in this one they call can't no stop the musics stop the
0: music yes his normal english name is Cacophonix.
1: yeah yeah i forget what he's called in in uh, in german though i think he's actually also called cacophonix. C- C- mm-hmm. um but his his gimmick is that he's bad at singing he sounds he's bad um it's funny because he is often introduced in the very big in the start of every asterisk comic where they kind of give you the short bios of the characters he always gets a bio but he is an incredibly minor player in the Asterix world um he's basically just a gag character who shows up to like be bad at singing and people get mad at him and throw stuff at him and that's it um, yeah it's think-
0: being bad at singing is this this uh comics equivalent of jokey smurf giving you a package that explodes
1: yeah i feel like there's maybe one asterix adventure where he plays a role i think there's one where they go to india and his singing causes rain or something
0: but Uh otherwise
1: he's he's pretty much just a background character um this may be his biggest role in any asterix film um then uh we have a couple characters who do not appear in this film but usually do appear in asterix comics uh obelix has a tiny little dog named dogmatics Ah, uh, and he's he's a tiny dog um, <laughs> that's that's all there is. There's a couple other village people. there's like a fishmonger and a blacksmith and a, an old man and then there's um, the chief has a, a an annoying wife. I think her name is Im, Im, uh, impedimentia or something or maybe yeah. I'm thinking of life O'Brien.
0: Ah she does not appear in
1: this which means that this
0: movie contains
1: absolutely no women. Oh, that's true. This, this movie fails the Bechdel test.
0: Yeah. Freaking the freaking Hobbit has more women in this movie.
1: Um, yeah, actually, uh, they had to remedy this in, uh, the sequel, which is where they meet Cleopatra and that yeah. movie oh, okay. has one, yeah, woman. There's
0: one woman in this movie. It's when you see the preview for Asterix meets Cleopatra next time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. They, they don't show any of the women, not even the, not even the, uh, the sexy woman who, uh, who also lives in the village. Because there's yeah. one, there's one woman men in the dancing village
0: dancing together. I was like, "Wow, this place, this is really progressive."
1: Yeah, you know, it's good for them. Good for them. <laughs> um, yeah, it they, makes a uh, lot more
0: sense if you assume that Asterix and Obelix are boyfriends, right?
1: <laughs> actually, you know what? This this movie kind of all comes together now. This is good representation. Uh, this is good. I'm glad. I'm glad that in 1967, Asterix, you know, is giving you better. Better queer representation than modern Disney movies. Yep. Disney's always like, "Oh, we have the f- the first um, the first gay handholding ever in a cartoon." It's like, "Oh yeah, maybe you don't remember Asterix? <laughs> you don't remember the the gayest cartoon of all time? Except, <laughs> I mean, it's this gayer than Lord of the Laufach. She's Lord of the Rings gayer than uh, what is that one? Road to El Dorado? I mean, this is oh yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> is, this is the gayest cartoon."
0: Yeah, gayer cool. than, gayer than uh, the the animated Sinbad, which was just almost literally about two guys in in love trying to rescue one another.
1: Yeah, this is. I I feel like um, the, the asterix is the more. Um, yeah, th- this is that they, they're living on. I guess what what would you call this? A, a separatist gay co- uh, commune? Maybe. Yeah, pretty much. Did, were there, were there such things? I mean, <laughs> I don't know.
0: I I don't know. I'm sure. Well uh i know second wave feminism talks a lot about still a thing oh sorry what what well lodges were still a thing when this was made in
1: 1967 i wonder. oh there you go yeah okay there you go um anyway so we've got uh oh uh, i guess that's is that everyone that's that's Uh, all the asterisks yeah
0: that's all the that's all the gauls uh are there any recurring
1: characters on the roman side um i think mostly if i recall correctly there's caesar he appears in quite a few um, and Cleopatra appears in quite a few as well. Um, but otherwise it's generally different Roman villains in, in every adventure. They don't have, uh, Oh, but I did forget There there is another group of guys who do make regular appearances. And those are the pirates oh. because very often when Asterix is called to go somewhere, if they have to cross a body of water, they're often besieged by these pirates who Asterix basically he kicks their asses immediately Uh, so, so the running gag is like, they're very scared and they'll always come in and be like, Oh, we're going to your ship. Oh, Asterix on there. Oh no, we'll sink our own ship so that we don't have to deal with them. Uh. Um, and the pirates generally, uh, they're the same pirates. The the leader is a guy with a red beard and an eye patch and a curly kind of goat horned helmet. Um, there are a couple other recurring pirates and there's also one who, uh, one pirate who is a, um, who is a, a black man. Who is drawn in a style very much of European com- comics, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, apparently, uh, in the original French, speaks in kind of a weird uh, Jamaican accent approximation, which hmm. I'm not sure how that looks because I wouldn't know how to write a Jamaican accent in French. But um, anyway, um, yeah, I, he's.
0: I'm disappointed. I was hoping it was going to be like, you know, Mighty Matt and mass media and yeah <laughs> another uh, another classic from france yes
1: the engulfed world they don't have they don't unfortunately these pirates don't have a a, a nifty theme song yeah. that they bust out every time because the, the episode is like oh shit we need to we need to fill up what like we need to fill up 30 minutes okay put in 10 minutes of these pirates singing and another 10 minutes of bick and back just walking around in circles <laughs>
0: oh this is what this is what we did every day and we were, and as we were doing it as we were watching this show we were like at least it's not that terrible little prince cartoon Ooh. oh god
1: oh well at times what a terrible time to be alive kids <laughs> these days they don't understand how good they have it they have like they can watch anything they want anytime they want or just not you know but like when we were kids yeah you got to watch that you got spartacus and the mysterious cities of Gold
0: oh god that that was now there was a show that was meant for like an adult audience and they ran it at 6 a.m
1: <laughs> yeah or if you want like man talk about the the best of uh french animation Fr- france gave us some some that was when france was all like you know in the days when they're like oh we're gonna do spartacus we're gonna do um whatever that that one was the the sun beneath the sea i in yeah. in france was trying to be mobius or something and then they're like all right we're also gonna do uh, omer and the star child and the fruities and just everything is just insane but um we'll talk uh, but we but french animation um so uh asterix, uh so asterix the Gaul. i guess we yeah, should this, can we can yeah it's the actual movie
0: yeah, it has a pretty. It has a pretty simple plot that's about uh, about a group of Romans trying to uh, trying to overcome the invincible Gallic village, as is always their always their want. You have a what's the name of the uh, Roman general here? The the one with um, the with the Bob Hope nose.
1: Uh, Phonus Bolognus. or Phonius Balonius, yeah.
0: and uh, he has a. He has a kind of uh, simpering sidekick.
1: That's what I don't remember his name either. Oh, uh, the sidekick is uh, Marcus Saurpus.
0: Marcus Saurpus. Okay, so Phonus Bolognus and Marcus Saurpus are hatching this plot to uh, to conquer the uh, conquer the Gallic village, and it con- it's and it's after ha- after sending wave after wave of soldiers who just get their butts kicked. They come to the conclusion that there's. That there must be some secret because everyone here is so strong. So they're like, okay, we need to send in a spy to find out what the secret is. And after a rousing game of musical chairs, we get our his we get our uh, unwilling uh, spy whose name is uh was it Chicken catchatorix God damn it! Oh, uh,
1: what his name was Caligula Minus? Caligula Minus. Okay, yeah, that's it. And I, I mean, I feel like there's a joke there, but I'm not getting it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know either. I mean, a lot of them, there's, you know, it seems like there should be a joke, but there isn't. I mean, because this is not very heavy on the comedy, honestly.
1: No, it's pretty. I mean, they say things that you're like, oh, I mean, there's situations. It's it's clear there's comedy situations happening, but yeah. Um, there, there's, yeah, there's the, the actual. As you like
0: to say, floundering and joke-like material.
1: Yeah, because the actual Asterix comics have a lot of puns as well, and uh, they're very big on um, and as well as kind of anachronisms that you know not not quite. Um, as well as like you'll see celebrity caricatures in them. Mm. You'll see. There's they're they're very there. There's a lot of chicken fat in the Asterix okay. comics, and that yeah, does not come really through get in that this. Here. no, no, no. This feels extremely uh, sparse. You know. Um, so especially you, considering, you don't think you... It's...
0: have you seen any other uh, Asterix uh, productions?
1: Um, yes, I've seen quite a few, and um, some of them do much better at capturing the Asterix uh, not only art style but the feel of the comics and the uh, the the, the rapid fire joke delivery. Uh, Asterix in Great Britain, for example, mm. uh, is uh, is a really good one for that. Um, there's Asterix in um, uh, what is it? A- Asterix conquers Rome as well, mm. which is probably, I think, the one that's the funniest. It's got the best, uh, the most uh, jokes in it. Um, there are a few others that, like Asterix and Cleopatra feels a lot like this one, uh, mm. so it's kind of just like you know, uh, joke-like material. Um, and then you've got odd ones like Asterix in America, which is um, strange.
0: That one looks a little problematic to me.
1: <laughs> it's a little problematic. Um,
0: Maybe not as much so as some things actually made in America, I imagine.
1: I mean, it's not, you know, it's, 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 it's not, I won't say that it's not problematic. Um, It's interesting because it involves Asterix basically going to America, uh, you know, in Asterix times. So they encounter Native Americans and um, they help them basically there's an evil medicine man who wants to get rid of them and take Mm. over the tribe so they help them and get rid of him and and leave in peace i guess as in Mm. as brothers at arms or something i mean it's like it's definitely you know they don't go there and like kill the native americans like we did in real life (laughs) um so in that case it's a very positive interaction between uh you know old and new world people however yeah it's it's i won't say that it's I'm sure that no actual Native Americans were actually consulted in the making of the film. <laughs>
0: I, d- I doubt um, it. Yes.
1: No. Um, but anyway, so uh, but yeah, so there's there's a whole diff- there's a whole slew of asterix movies, uh, some of which are quite good and some of which are uh, not. And this is probably one of the weakest of them all, I think.
0: Well, I, I definitely want to be revisiting asterix in the future because uh, I learned recently about the live
1: action ones. Oh, actually, I did not know there were live action asterixes. Yes, with Gerard Depardieu as Obelix. Um, is he wearing a fat suit? <laughs> yes, he is wearing quite a fat suit. Huh, wow, okay. <laughs> Who plays Asterix in the uh, the live-action one? Uh, I
0: didn't look it up, but I don't think it's anyone we would know. I think it's someone oh. who's much more of a actual French celebrity as opposed to a celebrity from France.
1: Oh, okay. Let's see, live-action movie, Asterix. Uh, I'm just curious who's in it. Uh, Live action film. Oh, wow. I didn't realize there were so many of these. Christian Clavier. Uh, Huh. Okay. Um, Let's take a look at him. Uh, Okay. Yeah. All right. He looks like. Huh. Um, Well, he was much younger when he did the role. So. Yeah.
0: Wow. These are 20 years
1: old. Damn. Damn. Okay. Uh, We had no clue. And they're making a fifth one that's coming out this year. Shit. Wow. Apparently, Roberto Benigni was, uh, it looks like one of the Romans. Lucius Detritus. (laughs) Okay. That's odd. Um, Yeah, I guess maybe if we can, we we should probably watch one of these. If we can, you know.
0: Ah, so they (laughs) did make a movie of Asterix and Obelix in, uh, in Great Britain. It's called Asterix and
1: Obelix God Save Britannia. Oh, damn. I just realized uh, they, you know, they're always talking about um, in asterix how hot Cleopatra is, and it's Catherine Deneuve. Oh, who is is it? Which one? Which movie is uh, Catherine Deneuve? Uh, that's the uh, the British one, the, f- the oh. fourth one. Oh, okay. Because in asterix Mission Cleopatra, they got Monica Bellucci. Monica Bellucci. Yeah uh i have to look her up
0: oh up oh, definitely wow
1: yeah she oh, from is bram Stoker's
0: uh, dracula oh okay
1: yeah yeah i mean that's where i know her from she's done a lot of stuff but like i just no i saw i saw i saw her when i was, when I was like what 13 in bram stoker's dracula and i was just like yes <laughs> oh. um
0: oh jose garcia Someone named Jose Garcia plays a character called Sacapuss, and I was like, "Jorge Garcia is in this? Oh no, <laughs> not the one I've heard of." <laughs> Jorge Garcia's in this, and he's not playing Obelix. Wow,
1: <laughs> man. Uh, so yeah, there's so there's a bunch of these uh, live action films. Um, they the latest one apparently there's one coming out in 2022.
0: Ah, well, if it plays in your area, we'll have to watch it.
1: It is apparently um, Asterix in the Middle Kingdom. It was originally planned to take place partly in China, uh, but was postponed in 2021. I wonder why. And relocated <laughs> to France and Morocco. Um, well, um, anyway. So, uh, the Asterix films. We we're saying okay. that like they send a spy over to the camp.
0: Yeah, our sp- the spy is, uh, is C- Caligula... Caligula Minus, who re- who changes the name to Caligula Minix, so they don't pick it up pick up on it, and he basically looks like the Gaulish version of Snoopy's brother Spike.
1: Oh yeah, he really does. Um, <laughs> he he has a constant blep going on. Yeah, the thing about this, and this actually raises uh, a point. We we're talking how there's a lot of joke like material in this. They yeah. like because um, the uh, centurion. Uh, wants a volunteer to be a spy and no one volunteers so he has them do musical chairs to um, you know uh, to figure out who's gonna be selected. And as they're doing this, a narrator is informing us how it's it's played and it's <laughs> like I don't it's it's like I feel like musical chairs is a common enough thing even in Europe that they probably wouldn't need to explain it. but it's almost like the the movie doesn't have the confidence in this in this not quite a joke uh you know it's not quite really a, i mean i don't see the joke because i don't know is there because i what i what i would think is like look if you're gonna have something to to you make it in a you know a roman version of like a modern thing that we do you know like i don't know they are like okay we're gonna play um rock uh rock sickle parchment you know or yeah. something like that right um but instead, they just play regular musical chairs, which again, which first of all is like, well, I guess the joke is that that's a silly way to choose someone because it's a child's game. But
0: actually, it sounds a pretty a good way to me. It's like, it's I basically mean, yeah, like drawing the short straw.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, I really don't see what the what the joke is. Like, I, I don't get why that's particularly funny. And then even that, they're like, oh, uh, and also they they kill the joke even further by having the narrator explain ah oh, the ancient custom musical chairs they play with one less chair than legionnaires and therefore the legionnaire who doesn't get a chair will be chosen it's like all right thanks
0: so there's kind of mump, kind of half wrapped it there yeah it's the legionnaire uh, the, who doesn't get a chair better beware Funk <laughs> that.
1: damn his flow is too fresh <laughs> <laughs> There's um there's a lo- there is a narrator in this who who kind of is not not particularly helpful or necessary.
0: I wonder how much was changed when they dubbed it into English.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you think they tied into the David Lynch Dune thing where they're like, "Look, we need we need a lot of explanation in this, or no one's going to figure out what's going on." Yeah. Um,
0: like the Mystery Science Theater movie, uh, The Creeping Terror, the one where they apparently dropped the audio into a lake and had to replace most of it with, uh, with uh, needle drop sound effects and a narrator explaining what was happening.
1: Oh, wow. That's hilarious. Um, I did not know that. Um, this one, yeah, they, I mean, because this is originally a French film, I believe, I mean, I
0: I would be surprised if someone outside of France would feel the need to make an Asterix movie.
1: Yeah. um, Maybe Belgium. (laughs) Because Wikipedia just says the book was, let's see, the book was adapted into a film. Uh, What does it say about that? Oh, this was originally planned to be aired on French television, but instead it was released as a theatrical film.
0: Ah, that Uh, makes sense. I I thought that, I thought it wasn't really framed like a theatrical movie. You, You notice that the fighting is all very, like, in your face, you, you see a, a, a fist hit a face, but you don't see whose fist or whose face it is. It's kind of got the He-Man filmation fighting going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very, it feels very cheap. Um, apparently this was produced by uh, a studio called, uh, this was produced by Dargood, who is uh, the publisher of Franco-Belgian comics. Uh, but it was without the involvement of Uderzo or Gazdegy. Mm. Uh, so the original artist and writer were not satisfied with this film and they managed to block the release of the planned sequel asterix and the golden sickle which was oh, also made yeah. without their involvement um apparently they ensured that they would be consulted for all subsequent cartoon adaptations starting with asterix and cleopatra so good good on them i'm glad to see the creators actually you know throwing yeah. their weight around and getting some uh, some respect um so it's not but, just
0: us. This really isn't a very good introduction to the whole concept of asterisks.
1: No. I mean, you know, you watch and you're like, okay, I get what asterisks is, but you're, you're not going to actually like feel like, oh, I need to, you know, I, but you watch it and you're like, I think I've got all the asterisks I need, you know,
0: I, it's, uh, this, this makes me, you know, reverse my opinion. What if instead of it being the fault of the translation, it was the fault of how much they changed to make it extremely universal. It's like mm. They didn't, they didn't leave in any jokes that you would have to rewrite if you were going to uh, do, do it in uh, English or French or Spanish or Portuguese.
1: I mean, that does make sense because, you know, like I said, a lot of the jokes are based on language. You know, they're, they're linguistic puns that probably work really well in French and have to be rewritten when, when the, the uh, asterisk is translated into different languages yeah,
0: um, I, I pity whoever has to translate the Frank and Ernest
1: movie. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that, that's, that, that's why remi- Frank and Ernest remain unfilmable. <laughs> develop- the Frank and Ernest movie in development hell. Um, now, the uh, also... Because, um, yeah, you, like uh, the, a lot of the jokes I think may be left out because, yeah, it's to make it more universal. Um, also, Asterix is apparently um, notorious for making a lot of jokes about, um, I guess national stereotypes would be mm. the best way to put it. Yes. Um, not necessarily you know, so,
0: ethnic jokes, but jokes about, you know, it's, it's like what they say about on, on, on Tumblr where Americans would be like, ha ha British food tastes bad. And, uh, the Brits will be like, ha ha you all die in
1: school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that. Like, you know, we know that, uh, like for example, uh, in other, you don't see it in this one, but in other asterix books, you know the the Goths, who are the stand-in for the Germans, are all very warlike, mm-hmm. um, and you know extremely, uh, and basically you know, a lot of you know all, fulfill all the German stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Britons, I think they're the Britons. Well, no, the Saxons, I guess they would be, mm-hmm. are the English, who are you know they are very proper. They yeah. they drink hot water because <laughs> um, they don't have tea, so they just drink hot water with, with uh, you know, no tea yet. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you have a lot of groups that fill in for um, current national uh, nationalities in Europe. And uh, sometimes, I guess, that makes, um, you know, Asterix a little, um, you know, uh, uh, some different countries who are outside of France sometimes bristle a little bit about their, uh, how they're portrayed in Asterix. Um, it's
0: much like what we were... What we went through when, you know, now they don't like, now the, uh, now people don't like a mouse because it's too, uh, accurate about, uh, what things were like during World War Two. But when it first came out, people were like, how dare you portray the Poles as pigs? How dare you portray the French as frogs?
1: Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that, that was that I remember that actually, but I remember when I read I was, I was confused. I was like, wait, but Okay. I guess I I was mostly confused. Like, wait, if you're so, if you're like a French Jew and mouse, are you a mouse or you a pig?
0: Actually, he he actually has that uh, problem because his wife is French, but she converted to to uh, marry him. And there's a scene in the second book where he's trying to draw his wife as various animals and. And he's and she's like, well, shouldn't I be a mouse? Well, yeah, but you're French. Well, I converted to marry you. Okay, I should do a scene where I bring my my new frog wife to meet my meet my father, and he faints, and we take you to a, a mouse rabbi who turns
1: you into a mouse. Poof. <laughs> well, um, I'm glad. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad that that got settled. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, I see we're actually at the hour mark, so maybe we should. Uh, do continue our discussion of Asterix the Gaul. Do we have enough okay. for a, a second episode?
0: Uh, I mean, we haven't even really gotten into the plot of the movie yet, such as there is. So uh, let's see. Well, let's... let's see if we end up uh, swimming around in uh, in
1: podcast-like material as we try to fill out a second one. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you all next week for Asterix Le Gaul, the Bluh, movie part. Gluh, gluh, gluh.
0: That's the sound it makes when he drinks in French comics. <laughs>